For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host, as always, Shane Told, bringing you the backstage conversations I have with other lead singers. I guess, to be fair, there's not a lot of backstages right now. Still in full lockdown, especially up here in Canada, where we still can't buy products at the store or get haircuts or drink a beer at a bar inside or out, we can still do nothing. But hey, we are getting there. We're getting back to maybe a time when we can do these backstage conversations in person. But it's all good because today we have a great episode. Mike Herenica of The Devil Wears Prada is here. His second time on the show, but it's been a few years And this is a cool time for the band. They have a brand new EP, Z2, which stands for Zombie 2, a follow-up, a sequel to their critically acclaimed and fan-favorite EP, which came out 10 years ago, and this rips. This rips. It's out now. Don't sleep on it. It is so good, so much fun. Mike and I talk all about that. We talk about... Hockey, unfortunately, we talk about all the best things. I love this man, and I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. Before we get into it, couple reminders. I want to make sure that you know 
that I have taken this thing on to Twitch. Now, it might be slow on Twitch for a couple weeks, but that's good. It'll give you a chance to catch up. Head over to twitch.tv slash Shane Told and give it a follow, okay? Lots of fun stuff happening on there. Live podcasts. I'm doing some songwriting. All the best fun stuff on Twitch. It's a great platform for music these days. It's not just for video games anymore, for real. Head over there. If you want to support the show, check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. Lots of bonus material and a great community of other fans of the show. Access to merchandise, more access to me, etc., etc. Head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. And I know you know by now, but I want to make sure every single Friday there's a podcast called New Noise. Me and music guru Mike Howell talk about the top releases coming out. We go in depth. There's so much stuff that you don't know about. I promise you, you don't know about all this great music coming out, but Mike does. And he shows us the way. And we have a great conversation every single Friday. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you do. There will be one coming. It's always a good time. Anyway, let's get into it. This week's episode and my conversation with Mike from The Devil Wears Prada. Mike, what's up? Hi, Shane. Hey, man. If we talk about anything that isn't hockey, I'm going to be severely disappointed. <laughs> well, I'm fine with starting right with the hockey, to- hockey talk, man, <laughs> because I, I know you're a huge Pens fan. It's true. And I have a deep connection to the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Goaltender Max Legacy, huge Silverstein fan. Did you know that? I did hear about that recently, actually. That's so, so awesome. So he I came, love it. He came First up, shout out recently. I know. Well, so he came up uh, in, I think, 2016, 2017 with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, their first year when he had, whenever that was, 2017? That sounds right. I don't know. What is a year anymore? And um, he, so he came up and they had all these injuries. So he, you know, was like the fifth or sixth you know, uh, on the, uh, whatever they call it, you know, the, the totem pole. And, um, he got to play and he did pretty well. And he actually had Silverstein on the back of his helmet. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dude, that's so cool. He had it just straight up was our Silverstein, like the old logo with the big S. So everyone's, you know, taking pictures of it and tweeting at me being like, yo, this dude's like got it on your helmet in the NHL. So I'm like, that's crazy. So of course I like hit him up. And he's like, oh, this is wild. Yeah, I'm a huge fan. You're my favorite band. And so the we were in Ottawa playing a show uh, a few years back, whenever that was. And 
it was a day game. It was like a Sunday day game in Ottawa against the Golden Knights, and he was starting. So he put us on the guest list, and we went oh, to the hockey game, God. and it was, and we saw him get his first NHL win. Dude. So we've been <sighs> friends ever since. That's amazing. Um, yeah, we we had uh, we had a bit of a hiccup. Tristan Jari didn't get off to a good start. Game one against the Isles. Um, I uh, I'm ready to go here in about four hours to lock in. I actually had an offer to skate tonight to play some net, and I was like, oh, yeah. for, first of all, I'm not. I just started playing goalie, and I'm really bad. <laughs> and also, so I want to watch the Pens, dude. It turns go. out it's very hard. So, oh yeah, yeah. I I, I actually, despite me being Canadian, <laughs> I've never played hockey. Uh, ever, it's it's kind of weird, right? You would think that, you know, it would it would be in my blood a little bit, but I have. Here's my hockey story. So I wanted to play hockey when I was a kid, and my dad, who played hockey, was like, "Okay, yeah, you know, you can't play hockey till you learn to skate." So he refused to like put me on any team or anything. And my mom was like, "Well, you know, he gets on a team, you know, he'll learn to skate as he goes." My dad's like, "Absolutely not. You have to learn to skate first. So went to skating lessons. I don't know how old I am. Like not that young. Like I'm like probably like nine or 10, you know? So I'm, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the ice with these skates and used skates, right? So I'm on the ice, you know, skating around and I'm having a hard time. And at the beginning of the skating lesson, they call everyone, like it's a group lesson, right? So they call everyone to the one end of the rink. So I'm at the far end of the boards and everyone is already down there. And I'm like skating, falling, skating, falling. So everyone is staring at me. There's like four-year-old kids that are skating circles around me, you know, and I'm just, it's like a bad dream, you know, when you're in a dream and you like, you're running away from something, but you keep falling. It was like that. So my mom watching up in the stands, completely horrified. You know, I'm, I'm, I get out of there after this horrible skating lesson. I'm in tears. You know, my mom goes, oh, it must be, must be your skates, right? So we go to the, the national sports, you know, up here in Canada. I get the fucking Bauer or CCM tax, like the, you know, decent skates. We get them sharpened up. To make a long story short, Mike, it wasn't the skates. Didn't help. Didn't help. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was my very short uh, hockey career. <laughs> but I love road hockey. Yeah, man. It's about that time of year. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, but um, that's cool. You're you're playing. I mean, you know, obviously, like you're from Ohio originally, and that's a place that has ice and cold weather. But you know, hockey still has always taken a backseat to other sports in America. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, it's it's exciting with the new TV deal here. We'll see if that helps to blow it up a little bit. But I'm up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin these days. Yeah. And uh, we, we're we not Minnesota, but we're pretty up there. Um, I skate pretty regularly where like uh, Joe Pavelski grew up and whatnot. So, um, you know, uh, some of my teammates actually grew up playing against Cole Caulfield, who's so exciting with the Habs and are dear friend Paul Marks. So I'm curious <laughs> to know what's happening between you two leading well, into the postseason. That's right. Yeah. The first, first round Leafs and Montreal Canadians, it's going to be, see, I, I don't take it quite as intensely as he does. He's, really? He is. Oh, he is like way more competitive and intense than I am. Uh, and yeah, like when, 
when like the Leafs beat the Habs, I don't I don't rub it in. I don't text him or anything. I just like let it let it I let it sit there because he he gets like he gets quite quite uh quite into it. So I think this week is going to be a little bit a little bit weird between us. <laughs> I'll be Uh-oh. honest because I'm I'm Uh-oh. pretty excited, man, for the Maple Leafs this year with the season they've had. They've finally figured it out. Like I think this could be our year. Uh, although the Penguins are also looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm nervous. I'm uh, I'm given playoff beard. It's impossible to tell, but I'm given playoff beard another go see if I can bless the pens with that. But uh, yeah, man, it's all been exciting. Uh, it's, it's weird with crowds too. Like I was watching the Canes last night, and Jeremy was already texting um, down in North Carolina. I guess there he's like at breweries, and he's like, "There's like two percent of human beings wearing masks right now." And then I was watching the Canes last night, yeah, and it's just like full house. So. Um, yeah, it, it's something, but, uh, yeah, not to rub it in, but I'm grateful for my vaccine shots and, uh, yeah. just, you know, a day at a time. So you've, you've been fully vaccinated, vaccinated now? Yeah. The, all of us Pradas have gotten our shots. I had, uh, Jeremy was totally fine. I know Mason, our new bass player, he was a little rocked. Um, Giuseppe was a little bit rocked, but. So I guess about half of us, I, it was bizarre, man. I got my second one at like 2 or 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. And by the end of the night, I had like a, a pretty bad headache. And then I woke up like fever, just feeling like total, total shit. And I had a nap and it was completely gone. Like I've never gone so low to completely yeah. fine within like a 45-minute a nap. So um, the the side effects are real and whatnot, but uh yeah, hopefully to hopefully excited to well, you know, play shows like that that thing you and I have done for a couple <laughs> years kind of used to doing, kind of earn a living. Yes, that's that's going to be very <laughs> nice to have back. Uh no, yeah, the the vaccine, I mean, at least you know it's working, right? When you get the side effects, you're like, "Okay, they didn't give me like a dud vaccine that was like left in the sun or something." Uh I got the <laughs> I got the AstraZeneca one, just just the first dose up here. And because uh, we're a, quite a bit behind the U.S., uh, which is surprising in Canada. Usually we're on top of this stuff and we have no people. So but anyway, um, I got the AstraZeneca one in it. Dude, it it straight up kicked my ass for 36 hours. Oh, about really? As, about as sick as I've been in a long time. Um, but it's OK. You know, I, I'm, I'm I recovered and I'm fine and for everything. Sure. But it was it wasn't a, it wasn't a great 36 hours. That's for sure. Yeah, man, that's the reality of it, I guess. We'll see about, like, I've heard about boosters and whatnot. Like, I don't care. We, like, in, in Prada land, like, we've all been joking. Like, you know, put, pump me with whatever it is. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Just, like, you know, yes. any, any bit of normalcy in terms of, of gigging Get and us. having a beer at a bar. Get us back out there. Uh, so, Mike, well, let's start right there. I mean, we you have the live stream. You just did, right? What Just over the weekend, a lot yeah, of people are really we're really excited to see you guys back together playing music even if it's through a screen. How do, how was that? Have you guys done much of that um over the last year? Um and and how did it feel kind of to get back with the boys? Good, man. You know, I I think you guys have definitely done more, but we did two towards the end of last year, so it's been kind of nice. We've been kind of like peppering out uh seeing one another. Uh, most of our bands in Kansas City, so those guys see each other all the time. But um, I was out there 
for a few different instances towards the back of last year between recording our new EP and recording uh, our stream sets. Um, and then I was, you know, back out there to do this, this most recent stream over this most recent weekend. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been good to see the boys. It's just trying to be as health conscious and responsible as, as possible, as far as keeping our bubbles small, keeping, uh, um, as, as few humans in and out of the studio as possible. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been reminded that the, the sort of like awe and wonder of walking into a studio for like a first session for a new project is still one of the greatest feelings for me personally. One of the things I most love about playing in Prada and playing music. So um, grateful to have that. Um, grateful that all of our guys have been healthy. No one has for sure had COVID. No one has had any family members um, pass away or, or have to deal with the sickness. So just all, you know, again, day at a time. I'm, I'm very schedule oriented and I'm very not day at a time, but it's taken like right. fucking 14 or 15, however many months of this pandemic for me to realize that I need to, you know, take it, take an hour at a time, day at a time to try and achieve any semblance of happiness or contentment. So totally, man. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's me. Well, I've known you for a long time, Mike. I mean, you know, we've done shows and, and, and I feel like in a way I've sort of watched you grow up. Um, I'm a, I'm a bit older than you, but you know, when you were, you know, when we did that first show together, I, I think I remember at the Cleveland house of blues back in like 2006, you know, you were this, you know, you all, you guys all were these like little kids. And now, you know, I've, I've watched you grow up into mature adults and kind of, you've found your own personalities. You've moved to your own cities and you've you know, to have your own relationships and everything. But, you know, knowing your personality, you know, you can be a bit of an introvert um, in some ways. Like, I feel like this, you, you're you either like kind of in your wheelhouse where you're like, this is a maybe the break I needed or talking about being more schedule oriented. Maybe this is a nightmare. So how has it been really for the last 14 months? So early on, it it was awful. Um, like we got, we were at the Palladium in Wooster, which you very well know as as do we. Um, we were supporting. We came as Romans. We were loaded in. We were. I went to a, a, this little vegan spot around the corner there, and we were um, basically just kind of looking at our phones, being like, "Is this going to get called off?" We were about to go into New York after that. It sounded like that was already going to be uh, getting called off. Um, and then it got all called off, load up the bandwagon, come back to the Midwest and deal with it. Um, the first few weeks, I like I would just sit here in my house and just stare out the window. Like I right. couldn't be motivated to read. I couldn't be motivated to write. I didn't pick up a guitar for months. Um, so it was pretty brutal. It, it's as much as I do consider myself a bit of an introvert, but I like to have everything at pace and a, a very real energy around me for me, like almost in observance. And when everything is shut down, it was, it was a bit of a panic for me. And, um, all the same, um, I, I was able to get into a rhythm, find things to do, new hobbies to explore and whatnot. The band started doing a podcast. So that was like a, a healthy means of communication yeah. between the boys and me and um, having a laugh, um, figure out things to do, a way to spend time, way to try to get any money in my bank account as far as being a functional, right. functioning human right. adult. 
Uh, so that's been it, man. And then next thing you know, we were cooking up the EP songs, the stream songs, and moving our way through winter. And uh, yeah, it's been for me like either time feels extremely slow or extremely fast. So yeah, it's just it, that. It's you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, and yeah, I, I'm looking just at your dates here uh, with, yeah, with We Car back in. You know, you you guys were just getting started too, right? You were what six shows in? Montreal was the last one, and it all you had a day off on 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 March twelfth, and then March thirteenth, supposed to be a massive show at the Worcester Palladium, and it's all shut down. And and it really was it was similar to us. We were in Charlotte, North Carolina for our last show, and you sit home and you're like, I'm not supposed to be here. You look, you know, you look at your laminate. I still had mine attached to my at the hip. I'm like. Oh, California today, motherfucker! Like, uh, wh- yeah. what am I doing sitting here in my house? And it, it was a very depleting feeling. And I'll tell you, man, March 2020 was the slowest, longest, horrible month probably of my life. True, true, straight up. And I, I like, I won't front. Like, Silverstein got you guys got screwed more than anyone. Like when we were doing the podcast, like we talked to Caleb Beartooth and like he, they were in a good position because they were just ending the record cycle. Like we had just started our record cycle, but did our headline tour. You guys were, and I know you guys just had a hell of a time in Australia right before that. Yep, exactly. So yeah, yeah, I, shit has really sucked for us, but I know it was even worse for you guys, so I'm not going to pretend oh, it's all woe is me. It's it's been bad. It's been bad for all of us. Um, well, let's let's talk about this zombie EP, uh, the second one. This is a cool thing. Um, you know, you guys. I feel like the, with the last record, the act, you guys had a real great step forward creatively. It's a record I enjoyed a lot, and um, this is like a different kind of thing. Like you know, you had a lot of success with it. Uh, what's the song? Is it called Chemical? I believe was you had a, like some radio success with that tune, and now here you are, like had a little time to reflect back, and you're giving this EP really directly to your super fans because the the first zombie EP was just so loved and coveted by by those people. Yeah, man, it's uh, you know we're we're proud of the act, our last record. Um, we were really excited that it was starting to get a push with radio and is still receiving great numbers and, and climbing. Um, so, you know, we worked hard. I don't think it's purely coincidence because we, we have worked hard at this, but it's nice to see that the act is still growing alongside doing uh, new zombie songs. Um, like across the board, like obviously, you know, Jeremy and I are original members and we were around for the original zombie EP, but between right. like the label and us, like none of us except like expected it to do this well as far as selling all the vinyl variants. The stream numbers have been spectacular, and um, we're really grateful. It's amazing that that the act is still pushing. Um, you know, it's it's something we're proud of, and something we were hell bent about putting in front of everyone on earth until the pandemic occurred. Um, I think we're still. Hopefully, you know, again, get out and, and get gig in again sooner and later. But um, for us, or at least for me, from my perception, it's it's time to keep eyes focused on the act while also, you know, testing what heavy is to us and um, trying to make people shut the fuck up who always <laughs> complain about, eh, it's soft, it's soft. Like, it's what we want to do. Like, and if we want to do heavy, we'll do heavy. And proof is, is that 
the Z2 song. So I'm not, I'm not here saying that it's the heaviest thing you're ever going to hear, but it's the, it's the heaviest prodigos, I think. When did you start talking about this project? So I, I'm pretty sure it was all Kyle that was said that he wanted to do a seven inch and just do two new zombie songs when the pandemic hit as far as like, Oh, well let's work on stuff. Like here's 10 year of the zombie EP. Um, let's do two new songs. And then, that was also under the guise of being on tour again in July, which of course didn't happen. And yeah, right. by that point it was like, well, to, I'm not going to say like it's easy for Prada to make zombie songs. Cause it's not like, you know, we write a demo and say, all right, it's done. Like we, we work hard to challenge ourselves and to make the best possible product from the idea. Um, but uh, it's, it's very natural. It's very in our wheelhouse. Like I, I was, recording an interview yesterday and if like someone was like hey gun to the head write five more zombie songs lyrically it's like done (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a lot of work you know and and i i try to open the door as much as possible for john and the band who produces the band to say like do better you know you can do something better here i'm not seeing visually what you're trying to do uh lyrically here you know take more time at it have another stab at it um, and that's all good and great. And that's all in the spirit of challenging ourselves and making the best songs. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable writing, uh, fictitious songs about the zombie apocalypse turns right. out. Right. Right. Totally. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, it's, that it's Kyle, you know, that you said, you know, obviously hasn't been in the band. Uh, he wasn't in the band when the first zombie EP was released. He's taken a really active role in the songwriting along with John, uh, your keyboard player. And they both, they both live in Kansas city. That's an interesting thing, right? For for them to come into it and say, like, convince you and Jeremy, hey, like, we want to do this thing kind of as like a throwback because obviously they were fans of the band before they joined or they at least were admirers of the band in some, uh, you know, way. What is that? What does that happen when you have that conversation and they say, we have this idea and you and Jeremy are like, were you on the fence about doing it? Or were you like, no, this this like maybe is kind of what we need to maybe have some of those old fans kind of remember that we're still here. I mean, that, that wasn't on like the forefront of my mind when the idea was proposed. Like I didn't realize that was going to bring a lot of people back and see people actively saying like, Oh, I haven't tuned into the band for a long time because you know, for 11 years I've been still grinding my ass off as as are the other boys to write the best material as possible and come up with a record like the act that we're so proud of. Um, but it really has brought people back and that's really exciting. But I mean, I really didn't have any reluctance to it. There was no part of me that was like, Hey, this is a bad idea. Like I think someone could have proposed, we write the stupidest thing ever. And I would have said, sure. And we could nix (laughs) it later because like, again, I'm sitting here in in my living room, just being like, what, what the fuck's happening? What is my life? Um, so yeah, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, put off by it or, or really reluctant by any, any stretch. I was excited about it. I knew I could do it and do it well. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just that I didn't want to hear the bullshit. The first is better. The first is better. Right. Um, you know, I, it, it's just, it's not a competition. It's not a comparison. It's, it's living off the back of a theme that the Devil Wars Prada has installed within, you know, our aesthetic, our world, um, but it's not like a game, you know, it's not like one outscores the other, you know? Um, 
So I, I didn't want to deal with that. And I think we've been, we've done a good job, at least from our voices to say like, Hey, no part of this is to say this is heavier or this is better. It's just more fun. You know, I mean, the, it, I, it, it, zombie songs are, I think the most straight on least like what I call thinker material is possible. You know, the, the beauty of it is that you can completely turn your brain off almost the same as like an action or a horror film. You know, you're not questioning your life. Right. You're just consuming and, you know, well, totally, totally. And, and I've, I've actually found that when, when we've done concept records and stuff in the past, that it is a lot easier when you have kind of one, one direction or one subject matter or whatever, you're in this one place in your mind. It's like, okay, this is what I'm writing about. And these are all the things I can write about in this place. And okay, five songs for an EP, let's say five ideas. All right, let's go. It's, it's, it's somehow harder when you can write about anything. It's really weird, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, <laughs> you're you're completely right. I, I think that, you know, I don't know if you've ever, I know you've had this question before, but when people ask you if your work is cathartic and it's like, oh, yeah, what what the fuck else would I be doing then? <laughs> um, so it, it I think what can be fun and like, you know, even like Silverstein doing short songs forever ago and whatnot, like, it, it's fun and as a musician to turn your brain off and just like click into that mode, you know, and click on it, click into a mode that's like actively and intentionally non cathartic, you know, like there, there's a level there, there's emotion and in, in putting on a performance and obviously the, all the effort that goes into, as you well know, fucking yelling your brains out for, <laughs> for you years and years, even before or longer than I have. But, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it. It can be cool to to have the 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 actual like constraints rather than having the world at your fingertips in a way. I know, I know, no, and I, and I feel like that's that's like a weird thing about making a record in the pandemic, or or even you know some of the live stream stuff that we've done. You know, like we did we did a entire three part thing about like getting abducted by aliens. Like this was just the kind of thing that's like, okay, we're not like, obviously the world is in disarray in so many ways that if we were to actually like go in the studio and write something like this is going to be painful, <laughs> right? The amount of like thinking and, and stress and like, you know, getting to the bottom of all these thoughts in our in our brains. It's like, maybe we just need to, you know, do something like, kind of stupid and and that is very true that in a way that is can be cathartic right you know mm -hmm. to to just be like i'm just i'm i'm just you know doing hood rat shit with my friends kind of thing in a musical perspective uh rather than like okay i'm gonna put all of my emotion and feeling and shit i really care about into this which i know mike you did you've done on all the you know full-length records that uh that prod has done yeah, man. I mean, I, I kind of touching on it earlier as far as like, I do consider myself somewhat of an introvert. I value, I'm not like uber private, but I like to, there's, there's some focus there on my privacy and I, I maintain a certain distance with social media and whatnot, but um, I, I need the world to be happening for me to create. Like I, I feel like 
a lot of my creative process is almost just like being at an airport and watching people and commenting and observing. Right. Um, so yeah, to your point, like early on, as far as like, if it were to be in a studio and like, Oh, right. Like a full length record, like as terms of your thoughts and whatnot, it's like, I don't have any thoughts. Nothing's happening. Like a lot's happening that people are dying and this fucking virus is, you know, ruining the global more than obviously the economy. And obviously there's so much more importance important things but um there's nothing for me to comment on there's nothing for me to feel in the world because everyone's stuck at home it's a good that's a good point too hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, I mean, you brought up money and the financial side of this. And obviously when you are six, six shows into a tour, uh, you know, there's some expectation that at, in another month, you're going to come home with some money to live on for the rest of the year or whatever. Uh, has that been a struggle, you know, for you living up there in Milwaukee, you know, you have a place and everything you, you touched on it earlier. I, I know you were even doing some work outside of the band. I mean, there's a reality there, you know, um, as a musician, that's a working musician. That's like, okay, well when we can't tour anymore, some people have lost 90% of their income or more. Um, how's that been for you? <laughs> it's man, it. You know, it feels like I want to caution myself as to if I'm being ungrateful to complain about this because I feel like a lot of people would, the rebuttal would be, well, you're lucky to play music as a living. But it's like, yeah, but it's not like I don't work hard at it or like it just falls in my lap, you know, or that like I'm whisked around in a private plane or something, you know, like playing shows and everything's catered to me. Like I work hard at it and I feel like, you know, <laughs> I, I earn it, you know, so people, you know, w- we've been stepped on as artists. And again, it's not to say, woe is me. We're the only ones as musicians, primarily thinking of bartenders and people in the restaurant business, people in, of course, the venue business, independent venues. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, money's real, man. And it's like, I'm not sitting here complaining, being like, oh, I can't play shows and earn my living but I still just sit here like I'm working, you know, like I, I picked up part-time work with a, a beverage distributor here in the Milwaukee area. And I, I work, I, I, I drive around merchandising products and uh, energy drinks and beer and booze and whatnot. And I actually really quite like it. And it gives me, it gives my personality type a very real sense of fulfillment, which is important to me. And this yeah. has done something great for my mental health over the, the course of this last since I started working the job in like uh, September, I think, but um, yeah, man, like it's, it, you know, in terms of like being a, an adult and a human, it's like, yeah, I'm complaining because I'm not able to earn what, what is expected of me as a, a, you know, a vocalist in a professional band. But it's also like, I'm not just sitting here complaining about not getting checks or something. Like I've had to make <laughs> ends meet. I'm not fucking, you know, I'm not above it. I'm not above working like the rest of the world does. So 
it's a lot it's a lot to grapple with but uh i'm i feel like i'm coming out in a better place in in a number of different ways and um we'll see about end of year in terms of making a living again i yeah thank you for your honesty with that i mean that's you know a lot a lot of people don't want to necessarily kind of like admit to it you know when you're in uh, when you're an artist and you're saying oh like i had to go back and get a real you know like that that's not the kind of thing people want to talk about that 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 kind of it takes a little bit of the, the romance of the artistry of, out of it but it's reality so thank you for for sharing that i mean i i got to figure though like i know early on it's actually this is a true story i don't know if i've ever told you this we played in portland at the hawthorne theater when we were still on victory and Craig, uh, Craig from Rise Records came out to the show. And I had only met him a couple times, but I knew he was a big Silverstein fan. And he was really, you know, interested in signing us after uh, we were done with Victory, which he did. And I remember we were eating at that, you know, I mean, I'm sure you remember the Hawthorne Theater in Portland. Uh, there was like, there's like a Mexican like burrito shop right in the parking lot. Yeah, actually, right. It's actually pretty good. So yeah, we were sitting there, he bought me a burrito, and then he literally, I think we were playing with you guys actually, and he literally took a something out of his pocket and showed me a check for you guys that he was going to give to you that had like a pretty decent mo- amount of money on it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you guys ever got it, <laughs> but but I remember thinking to myself like, holy shit, like this is a younger band that's like actually getting paid from their record company which for us being on victory for four albums we were like holy crap sign us up like we actually can make money from selling albums we we uh, yeah i mean i've mentioned it lightly here and there before but like obviously you know a data remember also close friends of both both of our bands and that which we consider peers and you know one of our, our first proper tours was a data member and us with silverstein and yeah um if we we're just we were very very lucky in that we got positive message from rise before we started shopping our band to other record labels primarily victory in terms of actually making money but um yeah oh, god i uh yeah, I know. I know Hawthorne Theater very well. Great record store, a little further down the road there, and the yep. there's the there's the grocery store. I'm going to give away the secret, but there's the grocery store like immediately across the way. And if you Fred have to Meyer, use, baby. yep, exactly. And if you have to use a toilet, wink, wink. Yeah, uh, you have to go there because otherwise there's no backstage bathroom, so you don't want to use like a stall, you know, while you're. In terms of pulling back the veil or the the romance of artistry, uh, nothing nothing can put you in your place like Hawthorne. That's right, fucking it, sick shows. It, that's right. No, I've t- I've taken. I'll I'll just say it. I've taken plenty of shits in that Fred Meyer. <laughs> the, uh, I, I was I was I was uh, weaving around it, but yep, same. Yeah, if you want to meet, if you live in Portland and you go to shows at the Hawthorne Theater and you want to meet your favorite bands, just stand outside of the Fred Meyer washroom, uh, bathroom. Sorry, I'm saying washroom. I'm Canadian, uh, and uh, and you'll you can meet your favorite artists. <laughs> Not awkward at all. Nope. Nope. Oh. Just yeah, how man. we draw it up. That's a city I miss a lot, and and like I miss so many cities from not touring in 14 months and a lot of these places I haven't been to in even longer. 
And man, Portland is a great city. Dude, I miss, I mean, I, you know, of course, you know, like hitting the press cycle, putting out a record or an EP, like yesterday was my block of Australia. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like, the, I'll be honest, like the first few times I went to Australia, I wasn't the biggest fan. I didn't really get the culture at all. Um, some tours are definitely way better than others in terms of being pampered is nice, you know, when you're around the world, but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I miss it terribly. I had like we were so lucky that uh, um, our last shows were, was the portion of Canada. I actually Dave Stevens from We Car, he had his hockey gear with him, so him and I got to skate in Detroit. But then I, I got to play some some shinny in Toronto with our dear mutual pal Chris Cosentino. So Chris nice. and I, yeah, Cosi and I went out and played some hockey and. It was is like a bucket list thing for me to be able to play some puck north of the border and the in the promised land. So that was <laughs> that was a huge upside. I, I love Canada so much and I've I've wanted to spend more time Western Canada as well. And sure. Yeah, I've actually when I mentioned that to to Paul Mark and Bill, they both kinda looked at me in a way like pardon? Like but um yeah, man, I mean, you know, you guys slay Germany and Europe so hard and I like there are a lot of bands you know that are like oh god we have to go to Europe and you know we've shared those experiences one of the last (laughs) tours we got to do and like you guys are like the biggest fans of Germany and we're like the second biggest fans of Germany I think so like (laughs) we've mentioned before like publicly like our deep passionate love for uh, Chris Kindle markets and going to eat or going to drink glue vine and collecting mugs and whatnot. So like hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, yes. there's little else I'd rather be doing in the world than be in Europe with the Soberstein boys and having the times that we had over there and the, the adult Christmas market in Hamburg <laughs> and uh, just some Dude, fucking awesome time. I still have pictures on my phone of the male stripper uh, Andre. 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 Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, still, uh, I was actually look like looking through my phone at old pictures, and I, I have like it's you know when you're scrolling through you know on your camera roll, and it's like you can tell it's all like all the same lighting. I must have a hundred photos of that guy on my phone, like in the grid. Yeah, in the grid of Andre. It's like so funny, but that I'll never forget that. And you know, banana shows in. Uh, the absolutely real German um, holiday tradition, occasional holiday tradition <laughs> that, occasional we, holiday that tradition. we celebrate, that we even celebrated this past year, despite us not being on tour and not being in Germany, we still celebrated Banana Shows. And, and that's, Dude. that's love right there. Yeah, I got, uh, uh, I got Josh, uh, Bill Evans' record. That I had, I, I got to shop around like Ontario uh, record stores to mini- minimize shipping. Um, but yeah, banana sh- banana shows and legendary. I actually have that Hamburg day, and I I was hammered. And it's just there's a picture <laughs> that I was just exchanging with PK that him and I are dressed the exact same accidentally, and then we did that roller coaster, and I was like holding hands with Josh on the roller coaster, like. <laughs> I'm like hammered eating a pizza. I have a picture of that in my phone. Like seriously, the very, I know one of the best nights of my life. We got, 
there there were there were beverages <laughs> well I, I love touring with i love touring with you guys and and sh- yeah sharing the bus in europe was was so good but one of my favorite things that you guys do we we brought banana shows in into your world what you brought into our world is ladies late night. 80s right yeah yeah not not ladies night there's no there's no girls around no, no. We're, we're too old for that late 80s night ladies night where basically it's a dance party on the bus featuring mostly late 80s tunes and you just let loose uh typically on a thursday night usually you guys like to do it a roadie friday oh roadie friday okay roadie friday is gonna be excellent you know what's funny is now that i'm thinking about it because i i knew when you started saying about banana shows and we'd have to talk Late eighties, ladies night. Yes. Is that we've never actually spelled it out, but it should definitely be L apostrophe eighties. Yes. Ladies night. Uh but yeah, you know, like very much to the credit of uh Ben Wilcox for sure. Um, I think that might have been his idea, but uh, you know, he knows <laughs> he knows the jams and uh just an all around great time with a lot of dudes without a woman in sight. Because <laughs> we're losers. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we're because we're losers, or we're or we're with women in our lives. Uh, but whatever. Uh, either either way. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, yeah, Ben Ben Wilcox. Ben Wilcox is a he is a dude. That's for sure, man. He's a he's a one and only kind of dude. There's only one of him in the world, and that's uh, certainly the and cigarettes would have killed him. anyone else. I- yeah, that many, that many in a row. That's a lot of cigarettes. Yep, yep. Oh man, that's great. Well, uh, I should tell people that the Zombie Two EP comes out May twenty first. That's just three days away from right now when we're speaking. Uh, three of the songs already released. What are the other two like? I haven't heard them. Uh, are they different? Are they kind of down the same down, kind of right down the middle? What can people expect from the last two? So the we we released Nightfall or no Termination we we released first and that's the very middle of the road song for me as far as it touches here touches there um, Forlorn is coming up we're we're dropping more teasers right now um, I would say my favorite song on the EP um, Nora is very Gojira Mashuga with a big old high on fire moment towards the back half okay. Um, Definitely kind of touches on some metal that uh, Prada has not. And uh, I can see what, what Kyle's listening to tune-wise. Um, so I think that one's interesting. I think that um, I think the ending is a, is a solid kick in the pants to, to conclude the EP. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, it's just uh, it's, it's turn your brain off five metal songs um, so I, you know, we, we've been sitting on it for a while as well, as far as, you know, usually, you know, you record a record, you get it mixed and mastered pretty quickly. Artwork is happening. Like this one, we, we took our time due to the pandemic and we made sure that everything was 110%. Every detail was looked after. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're almost there. Folks can almost check it out here coming up, but, uh, the stream was awesome. Um, uh, teasing a certain video right now that will also be dropping on Friday. So I, I really look forward to it. The, uh, the visuals that we've concocted um, 
as far as Chris Commons, who who directs the streams as well and whatnot, like our whole creative team is just the best. Nice. And uh, yeah, they're killing it. And this thing is almost out in the light of day, you know, streaming on Spotify and Apple and all that jazz. 100%. No, somebody asked earlier, someone was like, please ask Mike about Nora. And I was like, Nora, like the like the 90s hardcore band Carl Severson was Carl, in. Yeah, yeah Carl, Carl, Carl used to manage our band. Right, uh, right. About 10 years ago. So I was like, Nora, that's random. Like, is Mike <laughs> a huge Nora fan? And now I see, yeah, it's it's uh, it's track uh, four, four on the EP. Yeah. So so now I understand why that was being asked asked about. So that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> you know, that's funny. I didn't actually think of Ferret Nora. I think their song was called No One Takes Pictures of the Drummer yes. or something like that. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Nora is just a character on the, the first zombie EP, the, the final track on that is like a kind of slower, jammier song called Survivor. And I didn't give the character a name, but it's this man on a farm that's fending off the apocalypse and his wife died. And uh, all, all in all, total hopelessness. Um, Nora is a character I also created and uh, a bit of a narrative around who's just this woman that is like absolutely battered to, to no end um, and struggling to survive and basically doing so by means of never standing still, never staying in the same place and trusting her instincts. So um, yeah, uh, that's, the, that's the story of Nora. Um, but musically, what, what Kyle did with that one is also pretty silly rhythmically so um yeah cool. excited to listen or for, for, for folks to listen yeah i've heard the song <laughs> yeah that's funny you know you bring up nora and their song nobody takes pictures of the drummer well funny story nora comes through and plays like a local show in our area this is probably in the early 2000s or, or even late 90s probably probably early 2000s so billy was quite a a photographer back in those days you know he still is i guess you know, but he would take a lot of go to shows and take pictures of bands. So he really wanted to take a picture of the Nora drummer because they have the song. Nobody takes pictures of the drummer. Naturally, so yeah. Bill is, you know, taking pictures on the side of the stage. And then he goes to try to take a picture of the drummer and somehow unplugs the guitar amp. <laughs> and, the amp and the amp turns off and the guitar player's like, what's going on? And everyone's looking at Bill and he's just got the camera, taking a picture of the drummer. And then Bill's like, damn it. That's why nobody takes pictures of the drummer. Dude, just frozen. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, I haven't heard that story before, but I thought that like maybe the drummer was going to look over and be like, Dude, we named the song that and now all anyone does is take pictures I, of me. Right. Like, that would be what I predict. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Well, let, let me tell you this right here. So I you can see here, see these pink pictures on my phone? <laughs> you found it. That's that's Andre the stripper. That's how many it's not a hundred. I, I embellished that a little bit, but I uh I've got <laughs> Here's a picture. Here's a picture of Kyle Cypress looking at Andre on the <laughs> stage right there. Dude, I don't know. Fun. I took a picture of 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 Kyle and uh, I got I got to find one. Oh, I have a video on here. I just want to make sure there's no actual nudity. Uh, here's here's one with of Andre going going upside down. Right Fucking there, athlete dude. S Santa Polly. 
Yeah. That's right. It was the the Hamburg adult. Oh, that's got his butt. I'm not going to uh, show that one. I got videos. I got it all on here. So, yes. I just got a text from Jeremy. Uh, I think it was from Jeremy here. Uh, it says, MH killing it on Twitch because people are asking me about ladies night on Discord. So, <laughs> but on Andre, dude, that's actually the closest I've ever been to a strip club. I came to realize a little while oh, yeah. later. like I've never done like a bachelor party at a strip club or anything. But So the only time... I guess we should also clarify that Andre is a, a, a man. Uh, yeah. Not to, you know, tell someone their gender or something, but, you know, just like kind of Speedo vibe. Yeah. Big old big old hog down there. Uh, uh, I, I mean, it could have been a potato, but I assume it was his real penis. I'm not sure. The uh, Germans, dude. The Germans. <laughs> yeah no we no that's that's the thing yeah like we would we would typically we wouldn't go to a strip club like a real one we would go to that though right that's that's kind of our vibe um i haven't been to a strip club in a very long time either shame very long a very very long time not not really my thing but uh (laughs) but andre at the at the christmas the adult christmas market was was pretty funny dude straight up Say I watch enough Sopranos to get all of my fill of strip <laughs> clubs on there. So that's also been pandemic time killer when, when yeah. hockey's been off. Yeah. I'll tell yeah, you, dude. Sopranos, I, I um I was a huge fan of it when it was on TV. Like I remember seeing the last episode and I won't spoil it if anyone hasn't seen it. And they'll like, you know, everyone's like, What? What the hell? Like so I, I was <laughs> I was there for all that. And I haven't went back and watched it. I've been meaning to, but I've caught a few episodes like here and there and man i don't know if it's aged particularly well uh socially with some of the this you know what i mean some of the stuff in there you're like oh damn like i don't think they could say that anymore without a doubt uh i'll say not to get myself canceled here but there are some jokes in there that i have told friends in private that i wouldn't tell you here on a live stream to the internet so Oh, I, we'll, oh I, yeah. We'll save those. I, I, I can only imagine. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, that show, really that show was good, but also like, wow. There's probably a yeah. few big oofs in there uh, these days. Yeah, dude. So um, so I opened up the forum here to some, some questions, but I'll be honest, I'm having so much fun talking to you that I haven't really been keeping an eye on it. But there are some, there are some questions here. Let me find a good one. Was there any thought on a Dead Throne 10-year tour before COVID happened? Have you guys done much of that stuff? Um, anniversary tours and stuff? Is that something that, you, that you're feeling, Mike? I just read, I don't want anyone's big old hog anywhere near my ladies' night, so I'm going to take that <laughs> as far as reading a, reading a comment section. Um, there was, yeah. It was very, very real. We didn't have rooms booked, but we were... 110% planning on wrapping up, finishing our Dead Throne tour probably last month. <laughs> right. Wow. So, yeah, it, it was real. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's see here. Um... But, yeah, to, to also answer your question, sorry, man. Uh, we did uh, with Roots Above 10 year tour. Um, I think that was 09 or 08. Well, the record, we put out, the record yeah. came out in 09. So I okay, assume that's yeah. probably when you did it. 
Yeah. Actually, we actually did it a year early. So it was a nine year, but you know, <laughs> semantics. It, it's true. And yeah, and, and I like for our 20 year tour, I was like, okay, well now it's going to be 20, 21 years. So I was like, you got to just put a little line through <laughs> it and write 21, right? Like just, just for LOLs, you know, but you won't hear any arguing no, from me. No, I mean, who, who really cares anyway? <laughs> uh, there was another question here too. Um, somebody was asking about kind of your inspiration with writing. I think that that's interesting because you are an avid reader, writer, you know, creative person. I'd say more so than a lot of singers and bands. Uh, so do you have any, any like big um, either – you know, people that you like to read all the time or anything that you can pass on that you think other people should read? Um, to Taylor, um, there's one that I picked up via Buddy, um, a Norwegian writer that wrote, um, I forget if it's six or seven book series. I haven't actually finished it, but it's called My Struggle. His name is Karlov Nosgaard. Um, again, Norwegian writer. Um lengthy lengthy series that i hope to finish probably by the end of this year but i would certainly uh recommend that to any creative writers or really anyone that that enjoys literature um that's been a, a big one for me um i kind of see his writing is sort of it's been explained as by divulging his most susceptible and vulnerable moments you explore your own in a very um a very amazing and um I don't know. The connection there is so real, but um, I'd certainly recommend that. I, I was saying to someone yesterday that I've always been under the the sort of idea that to for every one hour that you create, you should take about 10 hours consuming. So um, as far as my writing and creative process, I'm very much uh, of the mindset that um, you know listen to however many records, however many songs to write your own song. Um, it's not how a lot of people function, but to anyone curious about my process, that's, uh, that's, that's my, uh, that's my world for sure. I like that. That's interesting to kind of quantify that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but that's cool. Uh, this is a question from Matt Farkash here, which is, I, I kind of have the same question, you know, with the success, you know, of the zombie two sound, obviously people are really excited. Do you think that that sound is going to find its way into, you know, future full length albums? Or do you think it's going to be more of a continuation of maybe the sound that was on the act? Or do you not know yet? Uh, you know, we, we've talked and we're writing right now and demoing. Um, for me, like whenever someone or people are like, oh, they're going heavy again. I seriously, and this is why it's best not to read comments. I would just be like, listen to the thread. Like if you, if. If you thought that Prada went soft or Prada doesn't write anything heavy, I think the act is could quite possibly contend with the heaviest moments of Z2. Right. And the thread is a song off of the act. So, um, yeah, it's it's sprinkling in. Like, you know, we've obviously seen what A Day to Remember has done over the course of all these years where, you know, they have these huge, these amazing pop, uh, these hooks that, that Jeremy just seems to cook up just like that. Um, but then you have a song like Second Sucks from them and you see that song played live and it's just like the fucking ceiling just blows off the building. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything like that. We don't have a pop consciousness like they do, but 
there's certainly going to be more moments like chemical and there's certainly going to be more moment moments like the thread. So in terms of how Z2 informs further, uh, further projects for the dead wars broad, I think it's definitely there. And, um, I would, I would, I would cite the thread on the act in terms of us throwing in heavy with, with also what we consider rock songs. All right. And a final question here from Cedos. Were you guys serious about a potential space EP too? Is that, is that possible? Definitely. I, you know, what's funny is that once we release E2 and again, I've been going through the press cycle and, you know, like I was mentioning the Australian phone calls and zooms and whatnot. Uh, I didn't think about zombie three until we put out or announced zombie two. Like people are like, so is there going to be a third one in 10 years? I was like, Oh, I didn't think of that. Uh, and the same with like, as far as doing space two, um, I could definitely see it happening. Um, you know, like, it's not like, it's not like we wrote Z2 as like, oh, we need to do this to win fans over or something. We did it because it's fun and people like it, you know? It's fun to challenge yourself in that way. And um, I could definitely see myself, you know, earlier I mentioned, like, Gun to the Head. I could write five more zombie songs. Same, like, with space songs, you know? There, yeah. it's a, there's a whole, no pun intended, a whole universe there of, of <laughs> ideas. Uh, so cheesy. So oh, cheesy. Good, I regret. I regretted that coming out of my mouth. Uh, there's 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 so much there to explore. So I could definitely see it. Um, we've been playing Planet A from the the Space EP pretty religiously alongside the rest of the the quote unquote hits that we've been playing for all these years. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see if when COVID-21 hits or COVID-20 hits and we're locked up again, like, all right, boys, what, what are the themes for, for the second space EP? Love it. I love that. I hope it happens. Well, Mike, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, good luck to Max Legacy and the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> I, would l- I, I, I think the way it shakes out could be a Leafs-Pens-Stanley Cup final. It's possible. So... We'll see. Head of divisions. Um, we shall see. Um, uh, dude, I love you. I miss you so much, as well as, too, of man. course, the other fellas that we keep up with. And um, uh, yeah, we, you know, we're down to play shows. There was, there were talks, more than just talks, as far as playing shows together. But sending my best uh, up north. I miss, I miss Canada so much. And uh, happy you guys are all staying safe. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. Well, Mike, um, when the border opens back up, you know, I'm just outside Detroit. So I'm, I'm literally 10 minutes from downtown Detroit now on the Can- Canadian side. So let's do it. Let's get together. It's really Dude, not that I, far. I've, I've made buddies with a fella that works for the NHL and he's, uh, sorry, he's a Habs fan, but he, uh, he was waving in front of me like, dude, Nick, when the border opens up, like I can take you to the, like the, the situation center in Toronto. Like let's do a Leafs game. I'm like, dude, like I'll fucking like sneak over the border illegally to do that. If I could like right now. So like, yeah, don't tempt me with a good time, AKA anything hockey or Canada. So just just wear a helmet, (laughs) put a, put a couple sticks in the passenger seat and just when you get to the border, just say, yeah, I'm a hockey player. And they'll just wave you right through. 
Yeah. It's fine, yeah. <laughs> like, quiz quiz me. I, I'll <laughs> see if I can earn my way in. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Mike. Well, thanks again for doing this. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, yeah, man, hope to see you soon for real. You too, pal. All right. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. And there it is with my good pal, Mike from The Devil Wears Prada. I got to say, listening back to that hockey talk, man, that's embarrassing. The poor Maple Leafs, the poor Pittsburgh Penguins, although Mike was right. I was wrong. (laughs) But hey, there's always next year. I want to thank Mike so much for coming on the show. And don't forget, Z2, the new EP from The Devil Wears Prada, is out now. This thing smokes. Holy, it is so good. So much great music to digest. I'm going to play a tune in just a second, but I want to remind you guys again, you can always get in touch with me. You can hit me up, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read all my email. If you like the show, write a review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And of course, make sure you hit the subscribe button because we are here every single week. Some great episodes coming up very soon shortly. All right, I'll leave you with a tune. Here is Forlorn by the Devil Wears Prada on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. See you next time.